Hey everyone, welcome to the Vagistine Podcast, where we're having courageous conversations about love, sex, and everything in between. It's Vanessa here, and I apologize for last week. I was having technical difficulties, so that's why we did not have a show last week. Um, today, uh, we are having a new thing. We have a Vagistine Quickie today, which is a shorter episode, um, and the highlight of today's episode is um, your stories. Um, when I first started this podcast, it was super important for me to highlight and showcase the stories of women around me so that we can hear our voices and learn from each other. So I'm coming back to that. And one of the reasons being is because it's Haitian Heritage Month and I am indeed Haitian. Um, and it was really important for me to um, talk about stories or have stories where other women are talking about their experiences growing up Haitian and looking at it from a cultural point of view and really understanding how their sexuality has been impacted by their culture and Haitian culture in particular. So, I mean, for me, it's a really loaded subject and I'm glad we have the whole month and I'll be featuring some clips from different um, women all throughout the month on different episodes. Um, but of course, Her Haitian Heritage Month is exciting. Uh, we get to showcase, you know, uh, our history, our culture, our music, and especially our food. And I'm lucky because I'm in, close to the DC area and I know it's always popping in New York. So it's really awesome to have some great activities happening here. But what really got me thinking, um, of course, I wanted to honor us, but I also just you know, thinking about my work and thinking about how I got into my field, I know a lot of times folks are like, hmm, even my own mother is like, hmm, how did I end up here? And um, if you know anything about Haiti, and I'll back up, Haiti is the first black independent republic. Um, it got its independence in 1804, January 1st, 1804 to be exact. Um, both of my parents actually are from Haiti and immigrated to the United States in the 80s. And I was born um, in New York. And so um, my roots were something that I was always aware of. It, it was always something that was at the... And I grew up in a household where Creole was spoken, English was spoken. My aunts from Haiti always visited... Um, I'm also Catholic. <laughs> and so all of those things make up my identity as sexual health educator, Catholic, Haitian. And if you know anything about Haiti, it's super religious. Um, it is predominantly Catholic, Christian. Um, there's a, another portion of Protestant, and um, there is an emerging... Um, uh, Muslim population uh, that is that has actually been gaining uh, some popularity and so, and folks have been reporting out on it uh, because Louis Farrakhan had come to Haiti a few years ago after the earthquake and so that's been pretty awesome as well and so deeply religious folks and then we also have voodoo which is also a practice but by a smaller um, sect of the population as well. And so when I think about all of those things and I think about my upbringing and I think about the work that I'm doing right now, 
it is interesting for me to think because I didn't really grow up in a household where sex was spoken about. Um, and I don't know if that is what led to my curiosity now. I know that by not having a lot of information and by not having those open conversations in my home, it's it's really impacted the way that I step into a space when I am going to educate. So I know and I feel in my work that I'm bringing conversations to a lot of people that have probably never had these conversations to, which is probably why I like to approach it from a humorous point of view. I like to make it fun. I like to you know, spark conversation and hear from other people because we've all grown up with different experiences. And the number one thing I say in all my classes is I'm not the only expert in the room. We all have our experiences and we all have our backgrounds and we've all had the things that we heard. And so I want to bring those experiences to the forefront. Um, but some of the questions that I asked the guests today um, for them to reflect on was, you know, what kind of messages did they get growing up and what kinds of um, messages around sexuality did they get growing up and how did how does that impact their sexuality um, current day? And so today I'm featuring two women who are sharing their insights um, and I had told everyone who participated, you know, they can choose to be anonymous, and that's cool with me. Um, for me, it's it's really, you know, just just starting the conversation and thinking about it. And I mean, I'm still thinking about the answers to those questions myself, and I'll sprinkle in every week <laughs> um, different insights and you know different things that I'm discovering. Uh, I know that now I am, you know, open. I am willing to listen. I'm learning. Um, and there are things that because of the way that I was brought up, it's there's still a lot of undoing that I have to do for myself, um, especially as I continue in my work. And so, as you've heard before, things like masturbation and, um, you know, even things like uh, something my my mom and <laughs> my aunts always used to do was it was kind of that, oh, you know, modest women dress this way or women who want to be married dress this way. And so that took some time to undo because that was a lot of the messaging that I got. And even where things like wearing shorts, that was always like a thing for me. I mean, I wear shorts all the time now. I love shorts. But I remember growing up and thinking about, okay, well, what's too short? What's too long what's you know what's this what's that and <laughs> the time that I finally um I guess quote unquote like you know let go and and like broke loose was um my college roommate shout out to her Nirvana in college we went out shopping and I was like oh my gosh like these shorts are so cute and she's like put them on and she was like oh my god you look so good and I was like aren't these too short <laughs> And it's just that thing. And it makes it may seem minute, but it's those messages that you get growing up that are always in the back of your mind that always come to the forefront. And so for me, I'm always thinking about how my culture plays a role in, you know, who I am today and how it plays a role in the work that I do today. And 
as you can see, I love, love, love being a sex ed teacher. And my parents have accepted now what I, <laughs> what I do before it used to be just like a major mystery. My mom would be like, Vanessa, why do you like talking about vaginas so much? And I'm like, wow, it's interesting to me. It's cool. And so, um, Last year, I was able to take my mom to one of my classes, which was pretty awesome. And I mean, I didn't I didn't bring her to like a women's only event, but I did bring her to a class where I was teaching parents how to talk to their children about sex. And she was fascinated. She was interested. And it was really awesome to have that support. Um, although later on, of course, I'm you know, that happened as an adult. But um but it's even interesting for her to share some of her insights because when we were done the class, she was like, wow, you know, there were so many things that I think I missed the ball on, but there are things that I talked to y'all about. And, you know, she was, and I could tell she was just reflecting on how conversations and how talking to your children are, you know, are, it's important and how um, that, like I say to parents often, and why I even do this work is because conversations about sexuality and sexual health really affect people for the rest of their lives. And it affects their quality of life. And I truly believe that it affects the types of relationships that we get in, the, how we protect ourselves, how we communicate, how, you know, how we enter healthy and unhealthy relationships. And so for me, it's the core, it's the root. And so it's always interesting for me to hear other people's conversations. And I don't always have the opportunity to talk to Haitian women outside of like close family or friends. And so um, I hope that this provides some cool insights. I hope you, um, you know, just hear some tidbits here and there. And like I said, as the weeks go on, I will keep sharing more and more of my insights and what I'm discovering myself. So that's it. I'm going to leave you with the stories. Um, remember, remember, remember to follow Vagisteam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, send me an email at vagisteam at gmail.com. If there's a guest you want to have on, something cool you want to share, feedback, insight, your questions, questions about love, sex, and relationships, and everything in between, send them my way. You can even DM me on Instagram. A lot of y'all send me questions on there. And of course, I will answer your questions and I will... Um, and I will have them on the show as well. Answer the questions on the show. Again, that's vagisteam at gmail.com. That's V-A-G-E-S-T-E-E-M at gmail.com. You can check out the website at vagisteam.com. You can also send me a DM at it on Instagram and on Facebook too. I see both. Um, and you can also donate um, on my website at vagisteam.com. If you like what you hear, if you want to keep supporting independent media because I have to produce this show myself and edit it which is why it sometimes takes me a while to post um I do it because I love it so if you want to support please 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 go ahead and do it in the meantime got some new segments brewing um we'll have a mansplains it all coming up soon and 
I think that's it. Oh, and remember to uh, rate on iTunes. Leave me a comment on SoundCloud. I know that some of y'all were doing that. Keep doing that. I just like to hear what you have to say. I want to hear your feedback. Um, It's really important to me. Also, if you want to leave me a voicemail, you could do that. Um, The number is 443-692-7802. You can also text that line too. It's 443-692-7802. So I'm making it easier for you to get in touch with me. Leave me a voicemail, send me a text, send your questions there, send your suggestions, send all your opinions, and I look forward to talking to you. I'll see you next week. Bye. Hey, Vagisteam. Um, this is young Haiti, still trying to figure it out. That's my alias today. Um, first off, thanks for this um, topic, and thanks for noticing or in showing honor to Haitian Heritage Month. I didn't know you are Haitian, so that's cool. Um, all right, so to answer the question, um, growing up, I was told so many things about sex, not really directly, but in some ways direct. So I was told things like, you know, a man isn't going to want to buy the cow when he can get the milk for free. Or, you know, a lot of it was based in religion and that sex is not something that you should just be doing willy nilly. Um, You should be waiting until marriage because once the man gets it, he's going to leave and he doesn't need you anymore. I actually still get that. And I'm like going on 31 years old. So it's... um, I think it's affected me. It's positive and negative in a positive way. Um, You learn to not just, I guess, you learn to value yourself and not just give it away. And it's not like just for everyone, but it's also in a sense stifling because now I'm like, oh, how do I know you deserve it? Or how do I know you're not going to leave or it just puts a lot of anxiety around sex and you always feel like you're not supposed to be doing something. And so, um, I guess at this point I'm still trying to figure out my sexuality. I mean, I know what I, I I know that I like men. I'm heterosexual. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, am I going to wait till marriage? Am I going to, you know, wait till I'm in a committed relationship or do I just, you know, be out here trying to figure out what it is I like anyway, because that's what I should be figuring out, or that's what society tells you as well. So it's just conflicting and kind of tough. So that is where I am with sex. And yeah, thanks for giving me a platform to share. Have a great one. everybody. My name is Dr. Cindy T. Graham. That's Cindy T. Graham, PhD on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, and Pinterest. So I was actually born in the United States 
And I was raised in New York and New Jersey in, during the 80s and 90s. Both my parents were born in Haiti and they emigrated to the United States in the 70s. Uh, but for me, in the time that I was growing up, specifically, I remember I was in fourth grade and um, I was with Facton. They had a program where um, they would have, it was either the guidance counselor or someone coming through and teaching about health. So sexual education, family structure, things like that. And so they sent a form home with all the students in fourth grade to bring to the parents um, and the parents could sign the kids out of the classes, uh, the, the these special classes. And so um, I, I don't remember which parent filled it out exactly, whether it was my mom or my dad. But what I do know is that there were there were two different units that they were going over. One, human production, sexuality, and then two, um, family structures. My parent made a mistake and signed the waiver for me to not attend the family structure class, the one about uh, how some families get parents get divorced. Sometimes there are blended families. So I did actually get to sit in on the section on human reproduction. And that was, that was actually how I found out about sex. Um, that's how I found out. That's how I found out about sex. That's how I found out what the purpose of a period was. That's how I found out, you know, about why all the changes were happening to my body. Um, that was literally the reason why um, I, I found out about it. So the next question regarding sexuality and growing up Haitian, I think, was um, what type of messages did I receive? So um, really, the way that I would quantify it would be in two two related ways. One, it was kind of the absence of a message, and then two, that the messages that we did receive were very negative. Um, so what I mean by the absence of messages, it was basically you know, it wasn't talked about. Um, uh, it, it definitely was not very openly talked about it. It, it was something that was, um, you know, it was something that obviously happened behind closed doors was never talked about openly in any stretch of the imagination, other than to say that it was a sin that we were to maintain our virginity, um, that we weren't to, we weren't to have sex, um, under any circumstances, uh, obviously, given you know the message of of sin, uh, that we were not going to bring a child into the house, and there was definitely, I would say, a lopsided em emphasis on my sister and I compared to my brothers. Um, my sister and I, we were not allowed to date until we were eighteen years old. Um, and that was not the same for my brothers. They were actually allowed to date, I guess, whenever they wanted. Um, but, and the reasoning was that, you know, they can't, my brothers couldn't get pregnant and my sisters, my sister and I could. So, um, those were the types of messages that we received. And, you know, oftentimes of, uh, in addition to that, the idea that, um, people, especially men and boys can't control themselves in that way. And, and, um, yeah, so a very negative kind of message, uh, in that way. So the impact that it's had on me uh, as a person um, is in 
uh, again, there were some negatives and some positives. So one, I definitely had a lack of understanding of, of the things that were going in my, on in my body. Like I knew, okay, as I was getting body hair and as my breasts were getting bigger and, uh, having to use deodorant, um, and even having periods regularly, I knew that this was something that, um, women had to deal with, but again, I didn't know why. So in a lot of ways I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand any of these things. And so it also, um, in a lot of ways, uh, I had to actually learn about these things just on my own, um, like I said, inadvertently in school or th- somehow for the most part, a lot of my friends were really pretty good about not talking about sexual things around me. I don't know whether they talked about it to themselves, um, um, you know, in, in, when I was not in the group or um, when they talked on the phone with other people, because we, we talked on the phone back then. There was no texting uh, friends. We actually spoke on the phone or face-to-face. So, um, yeah, my friends, uh, there were a few things that I found out from my friends, like in middle school and high school, but again, largely it came from health class that we took in seventh grade. Um, yeah, I was kind of that person. I mean, everybody kind of knew <laughs> that I didn't know a whole lot, and I guess they were respectful of that. Again, because I came from a Haitian family, and who's gonna, you know, go against a Haitian family? Nobody, <laughs> nobody. So, um, to be quite honest, there are probably some things I still don't know to this day. Um, sometimes I'm pretty surprised about the things that, that I learn on the uh, the Majesty website on your blog the other day about how you were talking to students about how to uh, how to properly wash, uh, their, uh, their, their private areas. See, look, I don't even very comfortably use those words right now. And I have a PhD. Um, so that would be another impact on me that there is in a lot of ways, some discomfort in talking about these topics. And even in the back of my mind right now, I keep thinking, I kind of hope my parents don't find out about this podcast because I, there is a part of me that worries about bringing them a certain element of like shame or embarrassment in talking about these things. But um, but yeah, when I read on your website that you were talking to girls about how to wash themselves, how to wash their vaginas and whatnot, I was surprised when you said that girls will literally put soap inside of their vagina. Like I had no idea that people actually do that because I was like, that would have to burn tremendously. And just like you said, imagine soap getting in your eyes. So burning. So why would you ever, I, that was surprising to me and I am 39 years old. So, um, there are still some things that I'm learning about what people do and don't do with their private areas. Um, (laughs) but I would say honestly that there are a lot of positive things that came out of it too. Um, probably most importantly, the fact that I am very protective of my personal space. Um, so I was never at any point pressured or I should say I should never, I did not succumb to pressures, um, to do things with others. And that actually extends beyond just myself and sexuality, um, just in all areas of my life. I really wasn't, I mean, not to say that I didn't fall into peer pressure ever. Um, but I really, you know, 
I really did not, I was not that person that guys could like hook up with randomly or things like that. So, um, I think in that way, it really helped me to have, to be very protective of my body, um, and who I allowed, you know, even for like a hug. Um, (laughs) uh, so, and then also, uh, one of the things that I think is definitely positive is that I'm a, um, I'm a modest person. Um, and I don't mind being a, a modest person again, not to say I don't like flaunt my assets every now and again. Um, but I, I, I think in that way I am a, a, a Haitian, um, you know, a traditional Haitian, kind of like a Haitian of the eighties and nineties who is a more, I am, I'm a more modest person. And I, uh, even with being on social media, it's, it's difficult for me because that's not by my nature to like put so much of myself out there. But, um, you know, I dress, I dress my body in a way that feels comfortable. Again, I don't hide my body by any stretch of the imagination, but I also, um, you know, I, I'm not flaunting it all the time (laughs) either. So, um, I think that that would definitely be a positive thing. Um, in terms of how it also affects me now, like I said, I think I, there are still things that I'm learning. I'm 39 years old and I have a PhD in psychology, clinical psychology. So, um, I, as I think I mentioned earlier for me and, um, and how I approach my sexuality now, I, it's that, um, and again, I owe this to, to my Haitian upbringing. I, I know what my boundaries are. I know what, you know, I'm curious about. Um, and so that that's basically what guides me. If it's something that feels uncomfortable to me or just doesn't feel right for me, then I just don't do it. And that's the kind of message that I hope everybody would have from their upbringing, whether they get it in a roundabout kind of way or whether it's, it's something that they get very directly. So ultimately, um, you know, I'm thankful. I'm proud to be a Haitian. I'm proud to be a first generation American. Um, I'm, 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 you know, I, I don't fault my parents for how they raised me. They definitely raised me in the best way that they could. And I'm thankful for that. Um, and, you know, I think they, they raised us in a way that they knew best and that they would, that they hoped would be the best outcomes for us. So, um, again, I think even in spite of <laughs> the negative things that I went through and kind of like not being prepared for what was coming my way, that in other ways, my parents, um, helped me to have a good, a good, uh, a good enough self-esteem and self-concept to be able to learn about sexuality in a way that didn't involve me uh, having regret or feeling like I was compromising who I am as a person. So thank you for listening to what I had to say about growing up Haitian and how it affected my sexuality. This was really fun to do, and I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks. Bye.